0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. You're listening to the Net Worth Podcast, where we talk all things WTA and handicapping the WTA. Of course, I'm Noops, and joining me, as always, is the wonderful Spread Astaire. Spread, how was your weekend? How are things
1: on the West Coast? Things are going great. We had a, you know, we wrapped up the Beijing 1000 season, so we have a couple more internationals. We have one more premiere in Moscow and then Singapore, and the 2018 season will be over. It's
0: devastating. There's only so little tennis left, so be sure to enjoy and soak it all in for the last couple weeks while we have it. So diving into last week a little bit, um, had a great tournament in Beijing, a ton of just really talented women all playing some great matches, um, you know, flipping through um, you know, the Sloan-Stevens-Dominica Sibylkova match was fantastic. The first round match with Sloan-Stevens and Pavlyuchenkova, uh, which I'm sure a lot of you guys saw the clip on Twitter floating around where um, I think Pavs was asking for either an MTO or a coach, and Sloan, for whatever reason, didn't really seem to enjoy that. Um, yeah, so she that didn't was like it was
1: her turn to serve. There's ethics about it as far, or not ethics, but I don't know, you know, the unwritten rules um, that you're supposed to get the match timeout before your own serve. Um, And I don't really have an opinion on that, but I think that was the reason for contention. That's interesting. So that was good. I was going to ask you about that. So, um, you know,
0: we had that little, little Um, spat. You know, the one thing that I noticed and really enjoyed this week was the crowd. Um, You know, a lot of times you have these tournaments in Asia, there's not a lot of people that show up. Um, You know, we always make jokes in our chats and, you know, spread when you and I are chatting back and forth around how we should just, you know, get plane tickets and buy, you know, cheap tickets on SeatGeek when we get there and go to these tournaments. Um, But watching the Chinese fans really support some of the Chinese players this weekend. Uh, This last week was really fantastic and enjoyable to watch. You know, Shuai Zhang, um, Kyung Wang, who I know we're going to talk a little bit more later, even Side Side Zhang's match, um, you know, the stand's absolutely full of fans looking to cheer cheer on their favorite players. Um, you
1: know, what did you enjoy this week? What did you see? Yeah, that was great. One moment I noticed was uh, Kyung Wang was playing Wozniaki and, you know, she had the whole crowd behind her, and they're all chanting, right? And yeah. then right at the end of the chant, there's one solo uh danish wozniacki fan, wozniacki fan just go carol <laughs> yeah, i heard that same funny. thing that was really funny yeah <laughs> so that was fun you know i I do think that it uh, makes it more fun you know i mean uh the, some of the reasons that sports seems fun is uh you know all the fans going crazy and think you know putting some importance in what's going on in the field or on the on the court at the same time too and when you get that davis cup atmosphere um you know it's great you know sometimes i was actually a little disappointed at some of the matches that you know is uh you know, tennis aficionado, nerd, gambler, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, matches that I wanted to see with the two, like, European women and then no one's in the crowd. But, you know, they definitely showed out um, for the for the Chinese players and they supported them. And it just it overall made it a lot of fun. It was a fantastic
0: tournament to watch. Just a ton of great matchups. Um, you know, what performance impressed you the most?
1: All right. Well, if we're going to go through performances, I got two or three that I'd like to touch on. Let's... Um of course, start with our champion Carolyn Woznacki. Um, I had told you last week that she was injured and not to bet on her. So, and you were wrong. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> After flip-flopping
0: the week before, everyone, I'm yep. sure you guys remember, he said she's healthy. She looks good. She's great. He gives out the out the outright
1: next week. This week, she's not healthy anymore. Get it together, spread. All right. So the thing that we've learned from that is that I will not be um, pro- uh, prognosticating on Wozniacki's health going forward. But we'll, but <laughs> all jokes aside, <laughs> I mean she played great and she played her normal self. And I, you know even going into the, the last match with Sevastova, who played great as well. You know we were kind of talking. You know was there any way that we needed to look at Sebastova here? And just with the way that Carol was, you know uh, neither you or I even thought it was a consideration. Um, when she gets that backboard like quality you know when she's not missing she's so tough to beat because she's so fast and um you know really just a great performance by her and a a nice way to end end the year um for her as well because we had kind of been you know um after you know the great start you know um pretty much being the talk of wta by winning her first australian open her first grand slam you know and she had had good performances, but had kind of been tailing off towards the end of the summer, you know, uh, battling with injuries. And um, now she's right back in the middle of our radar um, as far as, you know, contenders to win the title in Singapore.
0: Yeah, I was looking through myself. Um, You know, Anastasia Sevastova gets all the way to the finals. Um, You know, a match that I know that you really thought was maybe a little more competitive than the scoreline looked, or, you know, to be honest, I didn't get to watch too much of it, yet I was going to go back and watch the recap. Um... You know, had just a really nice, lucky pathway here. Um, gets the walkover against Madison Keys, you know, handles Donna Vekic, probably not at her absolute top level. Dominika Cibulkova really tired at that point. Um, you know, gets Naomi Osaka, who is, you know, obviously less than 100%. Um, you know, thought she played some okay tennis, but not really, you know, the excitement that you see out of somebody making the finals. Um, but I know you thought she played pretty well. What did you see this week from her?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, we can go ahead and jump in and disagree on this point. Um, Vetch has been playing well, this whole swing. Um, she's really added, uh, a nice dimension of offense and she had been able to get those ATP style service holds with just the, the big serve and the big forehand winner. Um, so I, I was impressed by the win over Vetch. In fact, I think I had picked Vetches that match. And then, um, Sybil Kova was another one who's playing some of her best tennis of the year um, because, you know, we had talked about, you know, Fade Sloan, Fade Sloan, but Sloan was playing well, and uh, Sybil Kova really just beat her. She didn't, you know, wait for Sloan to make mistakes. She was uh, rallying back and forth, absorbing the power, and then going ahead and uh, hitting the winners when the opportunity presented themselves. So um, very impressed with both those wins. And then the Naomi one, um, yes, Naomi was hurt. Yes, Naomi was tired, but Naomi was – you know she was hurt and tired the uh, the match before and she managed to pull it out and then she just uh, you know hit a wall but um, that's tough because even you know the hurt hovel Naomi can dial up that serve and, and just blow you off the court so I thought it showed uh, I thought it was an excellent performance by her because you know you beat the people that you put in front of you and I thought that all three had uh, of her wins which I thought were pretty big wins had shown you know different levels of strength and she was able to adapt and you know um, figure out strategies to beat each of those players um the only thing that is tough about sebastava's performances is the fact that she looks like she's about to burst into tears during the whole match it's getting to the point where like i love her tennis i kind of i don't really like sliced backhands a lot but for some reason i really like hers and i like how crafty she is but it's hard for me to watch her sometimes because i'm like oh don't start crying (laughs) you know i mean she looks so in pain sometimes i almost you know i start worrying about her but uh, that was my take on Sebastian's performance.
0: Yeah, so you know, a, a good turner for her, obviously making all the way to the final. Really enjoyed um, Caroline Wozniacki's performance, but you know, we were talking a little bit before we got started here. I think you might have someone, maybe possibly competing with Helena Ostapenko for uh, you know the name for your next kitten.
1: Oh yeah, we have lots of we have <laughs> lots of new uh, contenders for the new kitten name, but. Uh But uh, Keon Wang is slowly becoming one of my favorites here as far as um, just the way she plays and the way she comports herself. And I'm really going to be interested. I think one of the top storylines, you know, because, you know, we are going to be wrapping up the 2018 season and start looking forward to head to. 2019, And that'll give us some fun different pods to do. But I think one of the top storylines is going to be how is she going to handle moving out of Asia? Is she going to continue this ascent that she's shown, you know, from the late summer on? Or is this just going to be a product of, you know, a good time, you know, good timing, people were tired, the home court, you know, being adjusted. So I'm really going to be curious to see how, uh, how well she performs um, right at the beginning of the year. It should, it should set up well for her favorably down in Australia. Um, so, she—I've really been enjoying watching her play, and the other things that I really enjoy about her matches is the on-court coaching with Peter McNamara, who just seems to know exactly what to say. Um, you know, he's got a great—he's ta- uh, got a great uh, ability to. The instructions he gives are clear and concise, and he doesn't like overwhelm her with instructions. But they're also very like clear strategic um things you know like step in on your forehand you know improve your court position move forward in the court more you're too far back in the court um don't hit the backhand down the line for a winner every time wait until it's the opportune moment you're going for it too early in the rally like very specific instructions so um not only is her you know kind of you know basically she's the opposite of ostapenko right very shy very gentle demeanor not very demonstrative at all um you know, to go along with Peter McNamara. I just think that they're a really fun pair. And, uh, I've really enjoyed that. This whole swing, the coaching moment's been
0: really great on court. Cause he is really just a fantastic coach. And like you said, he has this, this simple, straightforward nature about him that, you know, even if you're new to the sport, you know, you're not watching a lot. I think it makes a lot of sense to you. You understand what he's talking about. Um, you know, you, you can see on the court, you know, the changes that are being made or, or what he's talking about. So really enjoyed that. And just overall, a really fun week in Beijing, a lot of great matches and a lot of great performances. So anything else you want to touch on, Fred, before we dive into this week?
1: Um, one thing I think we, we shouldn't leave without talking about your favorite player, right? Um, Sabalenka played pretty well, and then she tired out as well, too so enjoyed her uh, performance what? but uh yeah just really ran out of gas i thought that
0: match against um you know kyung wang was really just it was really frustrating to watch to be honest she um you know has the power and the talent to really you know blow probably wang off the court if she's you know at her best playing her game but um just really hit a lot of losers um you know a lot of shots that were out a lot of shots that were just a little off and kind of got frustrated I, i'm You know, as excited as I am about her season, I'm not expecting
1: too, too, too much these last couple months. Um, She looked a little fried. Yeah, and the disappointing part was, um, you know, even though her ranking's not that high, in my head, you know, she's a top five, definitely top eight player. And by, you know, kind of running out of gas there, I do not think that she's going to be eligible to uh, play in Singapore now, which sucks because I really think that she's one of the top eight players as of right now. Um, so I was kind of looking forward to seeing her there um, so you know these things happen and hopefully she'll be able to make it next yeah,
0: year yeah that is certainly disappointing I forgot about that so thank you for calling that out but um, yeah I think that's great and puts a nice little bow on, on our week in Beijing and let's take a look forward we have three tournaments this week you know normally when you have three tournaments um. You know, there's not really a ton of talent in every single one, to be frank, but um, three fields here that look pretty strong. Let's start in Hong Kong, where we have Alina Svitolina, the number one seed, Um, looking down through some of the uh, bigger names that are here, uh, Kyung Wang, who we talked about, um, Garvin Muguruza, um, who seems to be a little more motivated. You know, um, really hard to tell when she seems interested in playing tennis and not, but um, you know, showed a little bit of something last week, and then kind of looking through here to the bottom half, we have Shui Zhang uh, as well as Arena Dias, and of course, your favorite Helena Hostapenko, who I'm sure you'll be
1: betting on. Uh, is that true? Not at all. Um, she's definitely hurt. You know, she. I remember I had said that she had mentioned it on Instagram, you know, so the. The hardcore, you know, weirdos or whatever like me that actually knew about that kind of knew she was carrying it, but she had mentioned it in the, in the press conference. Um, she lost six zero six zero to Wang, who's you know playing well and playing great right now, but six zero six zero is not, <laughs> you know. Obviously, you she know she's not playing very well at all, and so um, I was actually surprised that she played this tournament. So, I because I don't think that that's like an injury that you're going to get over. You know, it seems like she's been carrying it for a couple weeks now. Um, she has no chance for Singapore. Um, so I'm really surprised that she's not just gearing up for Mo- Moscow and they're going to shut down her season if she really has uh, having wrist problems. So I'll be interested to see, um, whether or not that she's really hurt or, um, you know, in this wrist thing or if this wrist thing is just kind of like a mental excuse. And the, f- the funny thing about it is, and I don't even know if we this one put out, but, you know, on the debut episode that, um, when uh, Jorge and I were were comparing Ostapenko to Kyrgios, and then, you know, this hasn't happened, but I hope she doesn't start doing the Kyrgios thing where she's constantly just carrying an injury so she can use it as an excuse anytime she loses. That would be, like, to me, the worst possible outcome of this whole thing. But, no, I'd have to say that um, my very, very favorite Ostapenko is going to be a fade until further notice, and I'd even mentioned uh, to you before we started that, you know, even in that opening match, even though I don't know Kukova that well, if she's hurt, um, you know, a quarter unit on um, Kukova wouldn't be bad at plus 400. Um, even, but I don't know that. But if Ostapenko does win, I don't see any way she wins the second round in the current form she's in. So either, uh, if I'm, I'm actually looking to fade her, and I'd be either thinking to either do it in the first round or maybe just uh, pass. And if Ostapenko plays well, try and. In the second round. So we'll be sure to remember that this week as we're looking at some of the individual matchups. You know,
0: be sure to check in on everybody's health and see how everybody's feeling. You know, we already saw, um, I believe, in a different turn- tournament, Naomi Osaka pull out. Um, but when we look through here, um, you know, so with Ostapenko not really looking that great in the bottom half, I see a lot of value from an outright perspective looking through some of the women here. Um, you know, Shuai Zhang you know, should again be playing in front of a home, home court crowd in China, um, looking for her number. Um, but she's at 16 to 1. And then, you know, in that same group, Zarina Diaz playing some really nice tennis, you know, um, hasn't had a t- ton of success in a tournament, but a 25 to 1, you know, given the draw in the bottom half there, looks really great. And then another um, woman who's played some really nice tennis lately, Delilah Djokovic, a younger player, um, having a really nice season, is at 50 to 1 with, you know, what looks to be a really easy pathway. Um, a lucky loser in the first round there in Tomova, uh, possibly an injured Ostapenko in the second round, should be looking at you know, poss- possibly Sai Sai Zhang in the third round, who, you know, again, will have that home court advantage, but, you know, Djokovic Povich should be more than talented enough to take care of her um, so what are you thinking about this bottom
1: half spread do you like those I think you hit it right on the head I think the one that uh, I'll be placing is uh because 50 to 1 is just too good and then um, you know we speak about hedge potential you already have it there in the third round um, with Swazai Zhang already so I like I, I think that you're right on the right track with uh at 50 to 1, I think I'll definitely be placing a little
0: bit on that. The other two I'll dig into a little bit more. Um, but Jakubovic at 50 to 1 looks great. So, you know, the bottom half again, not too many big names there, but um, some talent and certainly some value. You know, when you're looking at these matches and you're looking at the outrights, try to find the easy path. So, Jakubovic at 50 to 1 looks really nice. You know, looking at the top half, a ton of talent. Like I mentioned, Svitolina, Muguruza, uh, Wang is going to be up there. Do you see anybody who'd like to, you know, maybe fight through this group and come out and possibly be a finalist?
1: I was surprised they put Wang at sixteen to one, but um, I think obviously that they are handicapping for the fatigue. She's lost her two last two tournaments, played fantastic, and then just worn out in the semifinals of both tournament. Um, So I can understand why they would think that she doesn't have enough in the tank to put it all together here. Um, But this is a much easier field than last week. And uh, we don't know how Svitolina is going to play. And we don't know how Muguruza is going to play. And I'll tell you what, if we're talking next week and Wang has had a path to the final where she didn't face either of those women, I would not be that surprised. And if she doesn't face either of those women, she has to be, um, you know, just the outright favorite in the field if you take everyone else out. So... Um, still think that there's a little value for there at 16 to 1 um, both Vitalina and Muguruza definitely have a chance to win the tournament would not be surprised if they did but do not feel comfortable putting my own money in backing either of them um, just due to what we don't know about their physical conditions um, Muguruza has been jumping in and out of tournaments there and I don't know if it's a physical thing or a mental thing but she will look unbelievable one night and then the next night you doesn't even look like the same player And it's been very tough to figure out what's going on. Is she carrying a physical injury and she's feeling great and that's why she looks great or is it a mental thing? Um, And so until we figure that out, I will be staying away from her. And I'm even trying to stay away from most of her matches because um, it's tough to fade her. Even if you fade her, she has those nights where she starts playing her old, you know, Wimbledon champion self, um, you know, top five player. And then there's nights, you know, I I don't know what the predictive factor is to to see what performance we're going to get. So I will be staying away from her matches. And Svitolina, a lot has been made about her physique, you know, her uh, Djokovic-style diet becoming really thin. And, um, you know, at first I thought it was kind of much ado about nothing, but her results seem to have also showed a decrease um, as well as her weight. So maybe there is something to that. And until she kind of figures out what she's going on, um, I don't think there's a lot of value back in her at all from an outright
0: perspective. I'll be kind of following form there and then just avoiding a lot of these big favorites this week. Uh, we'll get to a couple individual matches here when we finish up the tournaments, but you know, a lot of really hefty favorites here, and uh, it's a lot of great reasons to stay away. You know, like you mentioned, Muguruza really up and down. Kyung Wang playing some nice tennis, but you know, really is um, should just be really tired and exhausted at this point. And then Alina Fidili have been really up and down the last month. So, um, unless you have any more thoughts here on Hong Kong spread, I think we can go ahead and jump ahead to Linz. You good? All Let's right. Do that.
1: Yep. So Linz, Lynch. we
0: got our top seed Julia Gorgeous. You looking at the bottom? We have Kiki Burton's. Um, flipping through it, get kind of the first look here. Let's start kind of in the top half. You know, Julia Gorgeous playing Andrea Pekovic in the first round as a wild card, then a qualifier has, you know, a nice couple first rounds here, has a pretty easy path to the quarterfinals. Um, However, when you take a look at her outright price, not a ton of value you know again as much as we like players that have easy paths at 6 to 1 I'm not super thrilled to, to beg Julia Gorgeous however this top half um, Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova has played a really great couple months of tennis had a fantastic match with Sloane Stevens. it was really tough we talked a l- about just a few minutes ago um, at 16 to 1 I think I really like her to have a good chance to possibly make the finals from this top half what do you think spread
1: I completely agree on that one. Pavlyuchenkova is the most value that we have in this draw. But that doesn't necessarily, um, you know, equate to her winning it. Because I think this is this is the tournament to me when I saw the draw that I thought this would be the most fun for me to watch. And when, you know, uh, it comes time, you know, if they're on at the same time, these will probably be the matches that I'll be prioritizing uh, on my little WTA TV. But, um the other one that I thought was interesting in this one is Sibylkova, Kova, right? So I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna jump on her, right? But she's only plus five hundred, and so I mean, I guess they're seeing that too, um, and I like her, but not at that price. I just, I think, you know, I was hoping to get plus a thousand, plus eleven 1, hundred. I'm surprised that you know, um, you know, they have her price, you know they they think as highly as ever as I do. So I don't think the value's there, although I do expect to see um, some more good things coming from Dominika Sibilkova coming forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'm excited to watch some of those matches there in the top half for sure. Um, yeah, I think I'll be putting a little money on Pavlyuchenkova at 16-1 to one myself because yeah, Sibolkova is surprised, like you said, to see her as, as such um, a low number there. I think she has a, a tougher path. I know she's got a qualifier in round one, but um, you know, Stephanie Vogel or, or Johanna Larson won't be, you know, too easy to beat a push over. Then she has to face probably Chinkova and probably gorgeous. I mean, surprised to see her at a, at a better number than, than gorgeous. So not really any value there. Uh, diving into the bottom half. What are you seeing on the bottom half spread? What do you
1: like? All right. So my favorites are going to be uh, stritzkova and... Katerina Siniakova and I don't know if this is her official name or if the one that we just kind of made up talking about her, but Katka Sinister, <laughs> great name for Siniakova, <laughs> love it there. Um, so if we're just picking, um, you know, I really like Siniakova here, but when we start looking at value and we start looking at the prices, um, we find that Stritzkova is at plus thirty-three hundred. Let me make sure I got this in front of me right. Yep, thirty-three to one plus 3,300, right? Which is fantastic. And Siniakova, who, I mean, before the summer, you know, would it be <laughs> plus 6,000 here is now only plus 800 because of a recent surge. So this is a case where I think that, um, you know, we are aware of her uh, turnaround. You know, I've talked about it with you a lot. I've talked about it on Twitter a bit. Um, just really, I think it's been mental. Is She's always shown the talent. It's always been there, and when you watched her matches, she would all, uh, not always, but she she was losing a lot of close matches, you know, and that's how she was getting knocked out of big tournaments and in, in, in Grand Slams. She was playing good players, very tough, and then just kind of folding at the end. She hasn't been doing that lately, and uh, it seems like it's really coming together for her, but um, at 8-1, to one, I mean, obviously, they're onto it, too, so, um, you know, the guys down at Bovada or whoever's making these lines, is uh, they figured it out, too, so... Because of that, I think the only bet that they were going to end up placing and putting our money behind is uh, Stritskova at, at 33 to 1. And then if they meet in the bracket, your hedge potential is so much easier. Um, so that's the one that I'm yeah, looking I for. Yeah, I'd love that.
0: Um, I was on that with you as well. I'd, I think that's a great price at 33 to 1 to get a player of her caliber, again, with with such an easy path. You know, Kirsten, Kirsten Flipkins in the first round should be no problem. A we'll qualifier in the second round, then the winner of Rybarakova and Siniakova. You know, I think she should be able to outclass either one of them. And then looking at. You know, probably the winner of Camilla Georgie and Kiki Burton's, and Kiki Burton's really had an, an up and down season. A couple of weeks, you know, where she was absolutely red hot, beating every single person she played, um, just losing me money every single day, beating the pants off wherever she was playing. Um, but the last few weeks, not so great. And then Camilla Georgie, probably not quite at the point of her career yet, where you know we're looking at her to win a tournament. So uh, Stritz of it, thirty-three to one. I love that. So um, definitely on board with you there. So I um, mean.
1: Yeah, and Burtons could be a wild card in our plan there. But one thing I would like to mention about Burtons is, you know, the way we kind of do this and the way it's been fun and I think it's been working well is I'm more of, you know, watch a guy take notes on the players' their strengths and weaknesses and how they match up. And, you know, I'm more of like an analyze and matchup guys. I don't know if you'd say X's and O's because it's not football or basketball, but mm-hmm. you get the point. And you're more of a numbers guy. And you have been preaching to me, and I've been saying, oh, Kiki Burtons, Kiki Burtons. And you've been preaching to me that her numbers on hard courts do not reflect the performances that I have been watching you know the stuff that I'm telling you that I'm seeing you're saying hey the numbers don't reflect this so I will be interested to see if uh, you know Kiki Burton's really improved or that was just a nice hot streak and now she's just regressing yeah right
0: it's, uh, it's I'm not sure I to not feel about that I've gone back and forth and frankly just probably have a little too much PTSD to really talk about it anymore so <laughs> well, unless you have any other thoughts on Linz, we can jump into the final tournament of the week, with, which is just jam-packed full of talent. Um, so anything else
1: on Linz? Yeah. Let me throw one more thing yeah. into Linz, and this is a young woman that we've discussed before, but I, I would not be surprised to see Donna Vett just make some noise here. Um, you know, uh, gorgeous. I personally like her game better, but to me she didn't look fully healthy um, when she lost in Beijing. Um, that did not look like, you know, the best Georges that I watched this summer that I enjoyed uh, backing and you know, making you know nice little sums of cash off of. So, Vetchis is the one that I'm really looking forward to. And I think what could be a fun match if they both were in their first rounds is she'll match up with Kiki Ledenevich. And I'll be interested to really see those, those two just serve it out um, if they end up playing together. So, um, that's another one that I would not be surprised. And I might even consider here... At uh twenty five to one. Interesting. So good ad there at the end. I will uh I won't jump on
0: board with that. That number looks just about right to me. Um, but an interesting angle, and I th- I think you're not too far off. So, um, put this in good shape. So that's enough for Linz. I think. Let's dive into the third tournament of the week um, in Tianjin. Um, this you know again three tournaments this week. We've had some pretty good matchups and talent in the first three, but I think when you when you look at it. Top to bottom, this is the absolute best. You know, Karolina Pliskova in the top half here, um, as well as Arena Sabalenka. Um, you know, take a look at some of these prices in the top half. You know, when you have two players that are so good, uh, it's tough to really look at anybody else and to take their path very seriously. But at the same time, you know, when you look at the outright prices here, Sabalenka. Uh, plus 325, Pliskova plus 325. I don't think that I have in, any interest in either woman at that number. Um, you know, like I mentioned, Arena Sabalanka playing a lot of tennis could possibly be very tired here. Um, I'll be curious to see how fresh she looks in these first couple matches. Um, you know, Sofia Kenin in the first round shouldn't be too much of a test for her, but if she's tired and you know not really focused, it could be interesting. Um, same thing, Carolina Pliskova playing some nice tennis here, uh, advancing pretty far in some of these tournaments and, and doing well, but curious to see how much she has left in the tank what are you seeing in the top half
1: all right um one thing i want to mention just real quick well no you know let's go top half we'll do that later uh plus look fantastic she has um been playing well and you know i would not be surprised to see her do very well this tournament but you said it earlier At uh, only plus 350, there's no value there at all. Uh, Just look for the individual spots to back her and just know that she has been serving well. So, you know, if you like her early, she might be one that we're looking to attack, um, you know, and just covering the spreads because um, when she's been playing well, she's been on, she's been tough to break. And if you hold serve, uh, you know, for uh, a full set, you know, twice in a row, you usually cover the spread. And I can see her doing that, you know, against a lot of these early opponents. I um, know I see that uh, Katerina Kozlova, one of your favorites, especially numbers wise, in here. Um, wouldn't it be surprised to see her make a couple of rounds. She could have an interesting matchup with uh, Sakari and Bolter. Sakari had that great summer, and I think she's kind of come back to earth. I don't discount her as a player, but um, I don't think she's. T- I think that she's maybe fatigued just from the. Uh, Not maybe physically fatigued, but mentally fatigued just from the amount of uh, tennis she's played this year and, you know, how much her public profile and, you know, successes she's had and things like that. Um, So I like Sakari, but I don't see her playing her best. And then, of course, we do have uh, your favorite in here, and I would not surprise to see her do well again. Uh, And I would not surprise to see if she faced off against... uh, Plisko in the uh, really excited for that
0: potential matchup. Um, you know, at this time of the season, like we've mentioned a couple times already, it's always tough to see what kind of physical state and mental state. These uh, women are in
1: from, and so if we get Pliskova, Savalenka, is that the closest thing we can get to the ATP version of, uh, you know, Isner I was Ernie kind of Anderson? thinking
0: about that. I mean, I guess, you know, anytime you're talking about big servers, you can't take Serena out of there, of course, um, but she's not quite a hundred percent or really playing in these, these tournaments. But yeah, Plushka and Sabalenka, I think will be the closest thing you could possibly get, unfortunately, to an ATP match because I don't know about you, spread, but my one of my favorite parts about the women's game is that it is so much different than the men's game. We get to see so many more rallies and so many more breaks to serve. I think it's just much more interesting. That said, I'd be really excited for that match, and I think it'll be fantastic.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one too. So just uh, I know that we had enjoyed uh, hitting some of those overs on those ATP big server styles, so... um one thing we might need to do is start looking into that, especially if we can get some matchups like these. In, uh, in Absolutely, out. for
0: sure. So it sounded like you had something to talk about on the bottom half, so I'll let you dive in. What do you think? What are you looking at on the bottom half? What's got you excited?
1: All okay. right, so from an outright perspective, I think that the person that you want to back will be the winner of the first-round match between Shui and Tom Glanovich, which is a... Um, pretty common rivalry here in this whole agent Swing. This will be the third time they played in this Asian Swing. They played in Seoul in the semifinal where um, Tom Janovich uh, beat um, Shea and it was a three-set match. Six, Very four, close. five, seven, six, four. Excellent. And then they also played a three-set match um, which uh, Shea won and that one was four six six two six zero so you can see that she really turned it and on actually that match. while you're talking a little um, bit i'm going to look this up i think the winner of those matches in both tournaments made it to the
0: final um i think shay when she beat tom janovich actually won hiroshima and i'm going to look up right now i mean i know shay won hiroshima so in that match she ends up going to the finals and winning and i think in this in Seoul, tom janovich ended up making the final i don't believe she won that's right
1: she lost to burns in the final. Cause I remember I got a big plus 300 on her and I thought it was worth a little value. And, uh, they split the first two sets and I kind of liked it. And then Burton's just kind of slammed the door with the 16th yeah, third set. Good memory there. Um, so yeah, the same thing but, you were
0: kind of talking about an opportunity where, you know, we've seen it before twice. Now they played each other and whoever won is at least made the final. So, um, I think you're definitely onto something there.
1: Right. Cause the numbers we're getting here is we have Tom Jonovich at uh, 5,000 and Shway at plus 4,000. So, um, because they play in the first round, I don't really like giving out both as outrights. I would rather, um, you know, like I said, try and decide who's going to win the first round match. I think you said earlier that Tom Janovich is minus 140. Is that Let's how that pull one goes, that up. Or? And you
0: know, I think we could just dive into that. Um, you can get, we all right, yeah, we, we can into that finish one. up our thoughts in the bottom half, but I know we wanted to hit on that. And, you know, I love the tease, but let's give the people what they want. Um, pulling it up right now. Unfortunately, I lost that in just a second, but actually it was lined pretty evenly. I think Tom, um, Tom Donovich was minus 120 and Shea was actually minus 110. So essentially a coin flip in the bookmakers in the bookmakers eyes. What are you thinking? Um, why don't you
1: break this down for us? Right, and so, um, like I said, um, for the, if I'm going to make a future pick here, I'm going to take the uh, who I think is going to be the winner um, uh, of this match right here. And the reason that I would favor Shue is uh, just basically the home court. And, um, you know, just uh, these Asian girls have done very well on this Asian swing. And I just think that uh, there's a lot of value in taking them because they're going against... The names that we know more because you know the Eastern European and the American players and stuff do do uh, better, um, you know in Europe, Europe and America. But um, they're getting under since the majority of the tour is also there. Um, these Asian girls are getting undervalued. I, I like Shueh there, and I think that I'll be taking a, a nice little outright at Shueh at plus 4,000. Yeah,
0: I'm going to wimp out and not actually pick the winner of the first match. I'm just going to take them both. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do the numbers uh, it's say? Re- it's really you close. Their let me, let me up. pull
0: it up. I, had a, I was looking at it earlier. Um, you know, Both women actually right around plus or minus zero games on hard court, so um, generally play very close matches. Yeah, Shea uh, plus point zero three games and uh, uh twice as good at point zero six. So essentially, you know, <laughs> right on top of each other. Um, it's so hard to bet against either one of them. Tomjanovich just has a lot of talent and someone I expect to get better and better as, as she continues to play. And Shea being just one of the smartest, craftiest players, someone who is just going to, you know, not only let you beat yourself, but just, you know, pour salt in the wound and keep rubbing it in for the entire match.
1: Yes, she does. She just figures out what, what makes you uncomfortable, and then she it's
0: just It's unbelievable. It. So, at 40 and 50-1, yeah. to one, I certainly don't mind having both of those tickets, um, and I think I will be grabbing both of those. Um, you know, taking a look at the rest of the bottom half here, you've got Caroline Garcia, Petra Martich, Elise Mertens. So, you know, honestly, you need that 40 50 to 1 with, with some of the big names that are down here. Curious to see how uh, motivated Elise Mertens is. And Caroline Garcia has been playing some really nice tennis lately um uh, just a mercurial
1: did you think so i don't think she's well, been playing she's been that playing, well for right, how talented she's been she is and
0: then bad um, i think the word you used so accurately was mercurial um, to describe her game and you know I, i've watched a lot of her matches oddly enough given some of the timing um not someone i normally watch frankly you know given other options but um hitting just a ton of great shots and then just a ton of bad shots so Curious to see what what she can do and if she can put it together for a whole tournament. But, um, you know, qualifier in the first round, probably Begu in the second round. And then, you know, Petra Martichus, she should probably be able to beat um, an opportunity, I think, for her to maybe do something. But, um, you know, looking at her number, not terribly excited to um, back her to win at. um, Let's see. Sorry, I just went there at four and a half to one. Um, Not nearly enough value for me.
1: No, there's no value there at all. Is there anything else you see? Go yeah. ahead. And when I I was going to say on my notes here, and since you had just discussed it, I had actually uh, written down that, you know, Garcia and, and Martich I thought was kind of like, you know, a tale of two two different women and completely going in two completely different directions. I think that uh, Garcia is, you know, very, very talented and she's not 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 to, you know, say anything bad, you know, she she's just not playing her best tennis. I've seen her play better tennis. I've seen her play play, play better tennis this time last year. 2017 Carolina Garcia, right right now, beats this 2018 Carolina Garcia. So she's not maximizing her potential right now for whatever reason. And I'm not saying that's bad at all because out of all the women on the tour, she has you know, the, some of the top potential. In Petra Martic, I'm I'm seeing a woman that is maximizing her potential right now, and she's really playing to the top of her abilities. So if they do end up meeting. Um, which they might if they both win their first two matches. i would be really interested to see, like I said, that's really like a form versus talent, you know. Uh, is much more talented, but Martich's form, current form is so much better. Um, really be interested to see that match if they do end up meeting up. So uh, really be fun to see. Uh, that one play out, and just uh, you know, that will kind of kind of shape our views of these players, you know, as we're ending the year here. Yeah. So, and I think uh, we can probably wrap up these outright previews here. Just
0: to go back and quickly recap, you know, we like Djokovic at fifty to one to win the tournament in Hong Kong this week. Taking a look at Lin's um, Stritz of a. Thirty-three to one looks really good to both of us, and then taking a look at Tianjin um, spread is going to be taking um, whoever he thinks is going to win the Tom Tomjanovich match, which I believe is going to be Shay. And I'm going to wimp out and just take them both. So uh, a couple outrights there
1: for you, there for you guys. <laughs> and if Tomjanovich wins, we're going to have a very fun pod next week. If she wins, absolutely, the whole <laughs> I'm going to make I'm going to make fun of spread for giving how much him, fun man. will you have uh, with so that one? You gave up one unit, you know, on a forty to
0: one ticket. Blah blah blah. Which you know yeah. people. Well, by the way, the smart thing is generally not to bet. So, uh, spread probably making the smarter of the two decisions. So, when they both do lose, you can laugh at me for burning the extra unit on the way. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, as we did last week, and I think we really enjoyed uh, doing, let's go through a couple matches here to try to handicap them. I'm just flipping through. Um, You know, unfortunately, the the book I'm looking at doesn't have them quite in a great order here. You know, one of the matches you talked about, um, your girl, Ostapenko, playing. I'm seeing her as a minus 550 favorite. Um, I think we can pretty clearly warn everybody to stay as far away from that as possible. And without, I think, either one of us really knowing that much about Kukova, um, I'll be doing some research to see, you know, anytime you can get somebody plus six games and plus 400 in a tennis match, it's hard to think that there's not some value there.
1: Well, I think the plus six, I don't really need to, um, to study that one. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and just say plus six is a play right now. <laughs> just because ostapenko has been playing so poorly, even if she wins, I, I, can, I don't see her uh, covering six. Um, and then, yeah, to see whether or not it's worth the, uh, the full unit, that, that'll be something we'll have to dig into a little more. So you have to check our Twitter pages Absolutely. And, you know, again, you can follow both of us
0: on Twitter, myself at underscore noops, and spread it, spread a stare, and both of us putting out plays pretty much daily at this point. Um, so take a look for that, and you can see kind of what our final decisions are. The one match I did want to talk about, A little more specifically in Hong Kong in the first round, we have Zarina Diaz playing Daria Gavrilova in a match that, um, you know, from a numbers perspective, when I take a look at Zarina Diaz, I see a player that um, is really great on hard courts, you know, an average in plus 2.1 games in her hard court matches. So um, just a really great number. Gavrilova pretty good at herself at plus one game, but um, not quite on the same level as Diaz. What do you think in there? Um, You know, I see Diaz at plus 110, Gavrilova at minus 140. Um, I think i'll be betting diaz probably unless you're about to talk me out of it
1: well i'll try and talk you out of it because i'll be supporting gavrilova on that one and um basically on that one i'm going to go off of recent form and just um an idea in my head on how those numbers were aggregated um and so off recent form i would say that gavrilova playing pretty much some of the best tennis i've ever seen her play uh, she's always been a fantastic defender um almost gets you know um you know the brunt of some jokes because of her, you know if she gets in trouble she'll moonball you and get right back to the middle she has no problem doing that and uh you know obviously plenty of jokes about that um but finally she's added kind of a modicum of offense and some mental consistency to go um with her great defensive skills her great side to side and uh you know really she does have some quickness um so this is the best that I've seen gavrilova play I don't know I don't know about ever but Definitely in the last year. Um, current form, I love her. And the, and the, the only thing that um, worries me about your numbers, you know, when you say the numbers there, is that I think that Gavrilova, um, basically, you know, we go strength of schedule would be an easy way to say it. I think her strength of schedule would be a lot harder. She traditionally plays some of the uh, tougher tournaments while well. Diaz will kind of uh, go to the smaller tournaments where she knows that she can advance farther. Um, and I actually have no problem with Diaz doing that. You know, what's the point of going... Um, to a bigger tournament, losing the first round when you can get three to four matches under your belt, um, you know, and get the same amount of points by making the, uh, the semis or the quarters of a smaller tournament. But I'm just thinking that she's been accumulating those numbers against players that aren't as good as the ones that Gavrilova accumulated her numbers against. All good things to really keep in mind, you know, tennis is really
0: important to not look at just some of the performances, and some of the numbers, but also take into account form and, you know, how those numbers were accumulated. So, you know, one of the things I love about talking with you, Spread, is you, you keep um, a good eye on a lot of those things, you know, not just the competition played, but also how they've been playing recently. So um, I'll dig into that one a little more myself, but, you know, I think we might end up coming out on, on opposite sides of there. Um, flipping through the board, is there anything that you see, any matches that,
1: that stuck out as interesting to you? Um <laughs> For the first rounders in Hong Kong, that was it for the only the only other one that I wanted to uh, talk about maybe would be uh just for an interest and I don't even think from a wagering perspective, but I'll be interested to see how Dole Hyde who uh, back in America looked okay this summer, you know looked like she was kind of starting to put it together and then was kind of falling apart uh, recently. I'll be interested to see her play against uh, another woman with very good heart. Hardcourt numbers in Anna Bogdan. I don't know if there's a lot of wagering availability there, but um I don't think there's gonna be a lot of value to be had. But I for a guy like me that really enjoys watching the form and stuff, I think that'll be fun to see. Um I'll be interested to see how Dole Hyde's playing right now, even if just to keep it in a uh you know, kind of like a you know, mental uh library or, or mental check on so I can compare it, you know, when the uh hardcore season starts up next year. Yeah, so I, I think
0: that just wraps about all the other ones I wanted to talk about in Hong Kong. Um, you know, I don't see a line for this next match here in uh, Linz, but excited to see Monica Puig play Margarita Gaspar, uh, Gasparian. Um, you know, Gasparian, a young player, has been playing some really nice tennis. Monica Puig, um, obviously a very talented player. Um, you know, expect Puig to be favored there, and, you know, I'll probably um, can't imagine that there would be too much opportunity to bet Gasparian. But, you know, if we get that magical plus four and a half games, I'll be thinking about it. But um, any thoughts on that match?
1: That should be a fun one to watch, and we spoke about recent form and people being opposite. Well, here's a couple women that are both in good form recently, and uh, I think that makes it a lot of fun. I know that, um, you know, Puig's had a nice little summer. I know that we kind of written her off. Um, You know, she obviously gained a lot of notoriety for winning the Olympics in 2016, and they didn't really follow it up with a bunch of strong performances. And um, now she's starting to maybe put it back together so um i'm loving that she's taking this opportunity here to try and uh put some wins together and i'll be really interested to see how she does is kind of you know the established uh you know the established veteran going against the young up-and-comer uh gasparian who um for all intents and purposes you know wagering aside is probably one of the funnest people to watch on tour uh that one-handed backhand is just a thing of beauty and um you know we have to give uh, a lot of uh a uh, credit to our friend Vinny at Matter Tips Tennis for uh, for turning us on to her. But ever since then, both, you and I have both been big fans of her from a uh, spectator and from a wagering perspective. Yeah, Vinny's one of the best.
0: Like you said, at Matter Tips Tennis, there's not a lot of guys, um, you know, out there on Twitter that are worth maybe paying for some picks. But Vinny's absolutely one of the very best. So um, worth checking out for sure. Um, you know, I think that's just about all I had for for today's spread. Um, any other matches or things you want to talk about before we wrap it up here?
1: No, I think that's about it for today. I'll be looking forward to... Oh, I know what I did want to talk about. Just for the people that um, didn't really know how the tournament setups worked. So, um, so last week was a premier tournament, right? And that premier tournament was worth um, 1,000 points because it was a premier mandatory. So, that means the winner of the tournament got 1,000 points added to their um, WTA ranking score for the year to lead to their rankings to enter tournaments and also... Uh, for the qualification for the end of the year tournament in Singapore, where the top uh, eight ladies um, of the year will will face off, and it's kind of interesting format. They'll play a couple matches, and then it goes into a single elimination. Um, and so what we happen is, use a lot of times after those big premieres, like you know last week we had the premier, I think Beijing. If I remember right. Pre- Beijing's a premier mandatory and then the one Moscow coming up next week will be a premier 5 and that's followed by these international tournaments and these international tournaments are only worth 280 points um, for the women's rankings points and that's why you'll see some they, they'll run three a week and some of these women you know are all spread out and I it'd be interesting um, you know maybe during the off season or stuff how how they choose I I know that a lot of times they're chosen off of um, which tournaments they go to just off of right. what agencies um are represented by them uh for example i know that when sloane stevens played washington out here in california they all said hey well you know she's from you know she's more of a west coast person why didn't she play san jose well her agency sponsors the washington tournament not the san jose tournament so that's a lot how, uh, how a lot of these decisions are made but um it's just interesting to see where these women end up you know so this week we have uh, three internationals and each one is worth 280 so I don't know if they're chosen, you know, I don't know if a lot of the women are just done with Asia for the year and they just figure we'll get back to Europe right now. Um, so they go for Linz lens or if they're more comfortable there um, or they look at the fields and they think that, the, you know, this is the draw that has the most opportunity for me to get these 280 points. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see how this goes the rest of the year. We have these um, internationals and we have Moscow next week and then we have a couple more internationals and then we have Singapore. And that will pretty much be the season. And uh, we'll be looking forward to doing some different stuff during the offseason. Uh, we'll still ho- have a pod. We'll just be doing looking into some different things. Um, but just wanted to go over that real quick because um, I know when I first started betting tennis, I didn't understand um, how the tiers worked. And that's why I would uh, not see a lot of value in the underdogs because uh, I think that the, the uh, premier tournaments are much chalkier than these internationals
0: so that's great great stuff that's exactly the kind of stuff that I love getting from you spread Um, you know I'll be looking like you said at underdogs this week you know that there's not as much at stake here these are really preparation tournaments you know for kind of what's coming so um, you know a good concept for maybe the NFL is the concept of a look ahead game you know the team's not really focused on who they're playing this week and we see a lot of that in tennis and from a tournament perspective you know um, they could be looking ahead to a different tournament as opposed to this week so um, that's a
1: perfect analogy Perfect.
0: Yeah. Yep, so be careful when you're, when you're betting those favorites this week. Um, so that's some great stuff. And like you mentioned, we will be, of course, having podcasts during the off season, even when there is no tennis. Um, you know, it is a short off season, probably only about seven or so weeks. But um, please reach out to us on our Twitter account, at NetWorthWTA. That's the podcast account. Again, you can find me at underscore noops and spread at spreadastare. You know, send us your questions. Send us your comments. Let us know how you're doing. Um, you know, give us a review. Rate us on, you know, whatever app you're using out there, I'm sure. Um, uh, Soundcloud, iTunes, the podcast app, any of that um, you know let us know how you're doing, put some questions out there, and we'll be sure to keep track of them and use those ideas um, as the off season comes you know so we can keep putting out some some great content here. Um, But as I try to do every podcast here towards the end, I just want to give a shout out to the hardest working man in Canada, (laughs) our compadre, our third amigo in waiting, Jorge, um, up there kissing babies, shaking hands, doing everything he can um, to build a political career north of the border. And we wish him the absolute very best and um, look forward to him coming back whenever he's ready. So um, thanks, everybody, for listening and uh, have a great week.
1: Yep, have a great week, guys, and uh, good luck in all your wagers.